Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, it is always party time here at Star Style. Be the star you are. Hello, power partners. And we welcome you to our informational playground brought to the airways under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to us on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where we strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations as we want positive media and increased literacy. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity, who empowers women, family, and youth through increased literacy, improved positive media, and by providing tools for living. Make a donation today at bethestarur.org. And this is from an author that everyone knows and everyone loves, J.K. Rowling. And the miracle Mm. moment is, we do not need magic to transform our world. We carry all of the power we need inside ourselves already. Does that sound a little bit like Be the Star You Are, Heather? Yeah. (laughs) I think J.K. Rowling and I have the same thoughts, although she's much more creative when she's making her witches and and wizards and all those wonderful things. Well, on this episode of Be the Star You Are, we have some really important information for you. First of all, you can have some groundbreaking medical revelations coming up in Health Matters with Heather Brittany. And then we're going to talk about isolation and loneliness, how they are truly deadly companions and how we can prevent this desolation. And finally, we're going to talk some money talk because finances play a major role in being a generator of happiness or sadness, despair, anxiety, or joy. And so we want to help you have more joy by getting your finances in order. So, Heather, any new news before we get on to our first segment of some groundbreaking health situations? 
Any new news regarding bar method or, or yeah, anything? anything? Well, I can give you news on uh, on Mr. Yeah, Squirrel. We Squirrely. Yeah, I'm I'm talking to him. I'm ma- naming him uh, Squiggly Wiggly at the moment. He's just <laughs> <laughs> he has opened his eyes. He holds his bottle. He reacts to my voice, and he's just as cute as could be. And I wish. I could take him on the airplane. I'm actually thinking of calling Southwest and seeing if I can bring him in my purse. Oh, anyway, he's doing great. And then the second new news for me is I will be teaching on uh, on air acting classes as well as radio production at the private academy in Berkeley this coming summer called the Academy. So I'm excited. More info to follow. So how about yeah, you for Bar? Super exciting. I know. It's super exciting because I love working with young people and introducing them to the arts and keeping the arts, you know, front and forefront. You know, if people are interested and want more information, uh, send me an email, Cynthia at CynthiaBryan.com. And Brian, of course, is with an I, B-R-I-A-N.com. Okay, so Heather, what is up with you? Uh, the, just the same old, same old of everything, just progressing uh, with the bar method. Um, finishing up um, the last two, tonight I'm finishing up the last two classes of warm-up. And next week I move on to seat. So, well, this will be um, fun. Out of probably sounds bizarre. But, uh, yeah, it's getting better and better. Uh, you know, there's just so many things I, I never um never knew when I went on um, behind the scenes, but hopefully in three to six months, I will be um, the new teacher, so keep you guys posted. Isn't it, isn't it amazing how, you know, when, when you do something so well, you make it look so easy. It's like the Olympians, you know, when they ski, mm-hmm. when they swim, whatever it is they do, every, they make it look so easy, but when things are easy, it means you are truly an expert at your craft. I mean, you watch mm-hmm. Meryl Streep and her performance, you feel like you know her. And that is the key to everything is having that confidence, but really, really knowing your craft. So we'll be interested in finding out more. Well, let's get to our topic of the day because I found this to be incredibly, incredibly revealing. And that is that every year we learn more about medical technology, about better exercises, about effective dieting, what's good for us and what's bad for us. But interestingly, some of the groundbreaking studies are actually shocking because things that we may think have been great may not be so great, and things that we might have been more worried about are actually pretty great. So let's talk about it. Oh, my gosh. Well, of course, I feel like every year, and that's why you you always consult doctors and stay up on things and um, you know, be aware of your know, trend stuff going on. But you know, I feel like every year we hear kind of flip flop um, information that one you know one year they tell us um, you know that something is bad for us, and the next they say, oh, it's good for us. A small um, you know only in moderation, whatever it may be. It's always evolving. But some new stuff, um, interesting things have come out. Just kind of changing about how you know humans' lifestyles because the new things have come into our um, our life. Well, how that is affecting us. So one new thing is they're kind of saying that sitting is the new smoking, and meaning that that you know a lot of people now they're you know they're not living these um, they don't have careers that have them very physically active. You know they're stuck behind computers and you know they're at their desk and 
as we know, everyone's on this go, 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 that people don't even get lunch breaks anymore. They do everything right at their desk. And with that being said, they're saying that there's about 147 percent rise in heart disease and shortening people's life by 22% because they're living a sedentary life. They're just sitting there. So similar with the, you know, ergonomics of, you know, looking away from a computer and, you know, shoes, all that kind of stuff, it's get out and move. I always find there's so many little ways you can add in, um, sneaky ways of adding in exercise or physical activity into your life. You know, one thing is, you know, possibly parking further away or taking the stairs instead of the elevator or get up, you know, and move around every now. Walk around the office instead of just shooting someone an email, you know, walk over to them. Um, other things, too, you know, you can, some people have removed their chairs and have um, stability balls because I'll be working on your core at the same time. But the biggest thing is just getting up and moving. And we see an increase, too, in, you know, childhood diabetes and obesity because so many programs have been cut from schools and oddly enough physical activity physical education um, tends to be one of them as well as with the arts so kids you know are being stuck inside they're not you know they're they're not eating no healthier foods they're they're eating more energy as in calories than they're burning off and they need you know we need to be doing that we need heart healthy all the way around for us so just kind of find a little you know sneaky ways in your daily activity that you can add in um, activities because sitting still is killing us. Um, another thing, you know, it's kind of um, again it's thinking, uh, rethinking testosterone. You know, we see all these commercials all the time um, for many things associated with men and women's health, and there seems to be a big increase. You know, saying that men have uh, lower testosterone about you know certain pills they can take, or I've seen the, these creams. Um, as well, and they're kind of thinking now that there isn't this big epidemic that possibly, you know, men are being um, almost over-prescribed that, you know, and it's this, this thing that women, you know, needing to have, or excuse me, men needing to have, um, you know, higher testosterone, have these, you know, libidos of young 20-year-olds and this thing, you know, having big muscles and, you know, male aggression, all these things, but the side effects can be really deadly, as we know with many pills and prescription things. But they've seen a large um, increase of heart attacks and strokes of men who were taking some kind of prescription um, testosterone uh, replacement. And those heart attacks and things are are starting, I mean, they're young, right? It's not like yeah. they're older guys doing it. This is young yeah, guys well, you that know, are dying. I think, too, um, sometimes, you know, people, they're taking it. I mean, again, there are some people who legitimately need, um, you know, hormone replacement things that they need it. But I think a lot of people... Um, are just kind of taking because they, you know, are expecting to have more of, um, you know, this manly kind of thing that comes with testosterone. And this can be really deadly. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. There's a commercial for some cream that's a testosterone cream. And it, one of the things it says, like, avoid, like, you know, it, like it has to dry. And if, if children touch it, like that, how toxic it can be and rubbing off on people and showering, all this kind of stuff, it, it sounds, you know, I'm sure if, you know, it's, it's helping with one thing, but it's potentially harming a lot of other things. You know, that now that you bring that up, you know, this always amazes me, Heather, that when you see a commercial that uh, they'll talk about, you know, they show like these people that are doing these amazing things and how wonderful this new drug is. And then in very fast talk, there's the disclaimer on how it's going to cause heart disease or heart failure, or you could have a stroke, or you could die of a blood clot, or, yeah, you know, it goes I, on and on and on. And I think, why would anyone take this in the first place? There's so many side effects, and they're worse than whatever it is that you're trying to fix. Yeah, I often feel when I hear those commercials, um, the, the fun lines that always get me, that, you know, they'll, it'll be for 
I don't know, a headache or depression or something. And then really quick they go through all these, may cause this, 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 you know, you know, vomit, diarrhea, blah, 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 blah. And then at the end they're like, I finally feel like myself again. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, if you're having all of those things, that sounds horrible. Um, yeah, there's some, oftentimes the side effects can be even worse, and that's, you know, why some people, um, you know, are choosing more natural remedies of things because, um, you know, that stuff has been put out there and there is so many side effects and everything does affect people different. Some people don't have, you know, all these horrible things, but some people potentially can. So um, it's always, again, always important of talking with your doctor about what is, you know, the best treatment for you. And, you know, that's one thing also is kind of getting into our genetic makeup of um, we are with, in some situations, um, you know, predisposed with things that, you know, they know for certain facts that, breast cancer runs in some people's family or prostate or heart disease or diabetes, all these kinds of things. And um, before, you know, it was sort of a mystery. A lot of times, you know, it skips generations. You know, you don't really know um, if you are truly uh, at risk for it. And and now they've finally developed actual genetic testing, and it's um, fairly inexpensive. It's about $99, and you can ask, um, access your whole genetic risk factors um, of about 120 diseases, and uh, there's a website. It's called 23andMe.com, and as in your chromosomes, we shared 23 chromosomes. Um, but uh, anyways, you can go. Um, go. Uh, also, there's a thing called Pathway Fit. It's a gym that they can identify about 75 um, genetic different uh, pre-exposures. Uh, and for some, if someone's thinking right now, like I don't quite understand what that is, um, something similar that made headlines in the last. Excuse me. In the last year, was how Angelina Jolie uh, electively had a double mastectomy, and that was because she did this testing and found, you know, that she in fact did carry these um, the genetic the genes for to have breast cancer, and she had lost, I believe, her mom to cervical cancer, and um, you know, with that being said, you know, to, to be a lot of times people, you know, don't know they have even with you know testing and screening kind of to know that if I could have something, if I may potentially have something, that you can start taking very preventative measures now. You know, if, okay, you know, change your diet, change, you know, smoking, whatever it may be. Um, you know, possibly doesn't have to be something as extreme as, you know, doing an, an elective double mastectomy, but at the same time, you know, the verdict sort of out on that is, um, you know, to take these higher risks. But if you knew what was in your future um, of something potentially deadly, you know, as cancer or heart disease, I think it allows you to, you know, really start being more conscious of your health and taking the thing so that you're, um, you know, preventative instead of repair measures, instead of treating. I have a question on that. And that, I mean, and that is that, is it, is it, do you think it's always a positive? I mean, because could there be a false positive? In other words, could you no, have... I don't know. I don't know more. It's not saying, you know, oh, you, you tested positive, you know, for, for saying... Um, I don't know it, you know, I'm not an expert, I don't know it enough to be able to provide that information, but um, in regards to things that, such as when working at, when I was working with Planned Parenthood and people had tested positive for some kind of sexual transmitted infection, there is, um, with most anything, uh, a potential, you know, a, a, a margin of error. And so we would do more conclusive things. For example, um, and this is more of an extreme case, but um, we moved to uh, it's this little small finger prick for HIV tests. And now HIV is not AIDS. It's, you know, it's the virus that can lead to it. 
and if well maintained, um, you know, someone can can avoid actually getting full blown AIDS. Um, but you know, it all depends on when you start, you know, taking Actimod. But if someone was to get a positive, we always, because um, there is a potential of a false positive, what would we would do then is um, we would take an actual blood sample, you know, from their arm and send it in. And I believe we would take two or three samples of it to send in, and then that's what they consider a conclusive, a more a test that, um, you know, the margin of error is, is so, you know, zero 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 point one that kind of thing. They We can never claim... There's few things in life that we can never claim 100% um, accurate, but there are when the you know the margin of error is so small it's almost non-existent. Um, you know, I think it's I think I personally think this genetic thing could be a really positive to know at a younger age. You know, that I have the potential, not just oh well, you know, if I eat bad, that you know possibly one day I can get diabetes or heart disease or something. Of knowing that you know this is in my genetic makeup, so now I can start you know, being really proactive about it. Um, I think, you know... I agree with you. I think that if I... I think I would want to do the genetic um, profiling there if there is a cure or a way to manage something that's in our genetic um, heredity. And And the reason I say that, Heather, is... There's been a new thing on the radio, at least up here in Northern California. I don't know if you've had it in Southern California, but they were talking about this genetic testing for Alzheimer's disease and yeah. that they're, that they're just, they're getting really close to it. But the problem is there's no cure for it. There's no cure for Alzheimer's. So if you got tested and you were found that you were genetically predisposed to have um, you know, well, Alzheimer's. Well, my thing well, with that, that is that there, there, there are preventative measures with that is that, you know, keeping a really active brain doing things. I know, for example, my, my husband, um, you know, his, um, sadly, that runs in his family and his, his father did pass away of an early, uh, Alzheimer. And Brian, you know, my, my husband is, um, always trying to have a very active brain with things, doing things that challenge you, that to say, you know, doing crosswords and Sudoku and, um, reading books and, you know, learning new words, things that are going to keep your, your brain going. It's sort of that, you know, exercise in your brain. If you, having a, having a sedative brain, if you're not living, um, you know, not studying and doing things for your brain, um, that they say that, you know, it, it can deteriorate in those ways. And also, I think it can be, a, I, I think that is a positive thing because if someone starts showing signs, you know, they do have certain medications now that can help with things, or you can start getting better treatment and understanding it more because it is a really scary thing when people, um, one, it's scary for the person that's going through, but also for the family when people, you know, don't recognize them. And oftentimes what can happen is um, people experiencing Alzheimer's will have, you know, kind of outbursts uh, outbreak and breaks because suddenly they don't re- recognize the people around them and they feel fearful, of, you know, oh, my God, who are these people? And, you know, sometimes it can be dangerous because they're afraid, you know, this person's broken into their house even though it's their wife. So I think that is an excellent point, Heather. I'm Heather really glad that you, um, that you brought that point up because that is something – you know, I think that is that is true. If there's not a cure, as long as there are things that you can do to either recognize the condition or to enhance your life at the moment, then it's a positive. I think that this the scary thing about it is is that you don't want people 
getting diagnosed with something and then going and having surgeries like, you know, like the, the PSAs that men um, do now for prostate cancer, they're actually saying that people should have fewer uh, PSAs. And, uh, you know, that's something that a few years ago they were recommending men to have a PSA every single year. And now they're saying that those PSAs are giving these false positives and people are running to surgeries and then they're having all kinds of problems like incontinence and you know um um yeah well you know i think i guess everything it's always important um you know to talk with your doctors about things and also to i think it's good for people to know what's potentially in their genetic makeup um but i think you know what it isn't saying it isn't saying yes you have this or it's gonna or giving you you know a, a death date i you know people i feel like the worst thing if people if we knew um, I mean, we know in life one thing that's always going to happen is we are, will all die one day. That's a, you know, a given thing. That's the one thing that we can be guaranteed. But we don't know when. And I think if people knew, um, I think it could be very dangerous. And, you know, I think people would live their life either very recklessly or very scared, um, you know, or you know, be obsessed with it. I think, you know, it is a scary and also a beautiful thing, not knowing, you know, if we're either going to live to 120 or, you know, if you're going to get hit by a bus the next day, that kind of stuff of just living your life. The thing is, you know, living your life healthily, and I think knowing this genetic stuff could help you to further, you know, live your life better and also seeking out a medical attendant, talking with your doctor about what their views or what they think, you know, you should do regarding this. Um, you know, think- another thing with this genetic um, information, I think it would be incredibly helpful for anyone who is adopted or who do not know the history and that to me would be you know more than uh, valuable I think you know I think you really hit a a huge thing there that's so true many people you know that didn't have open adoptions or never don't you know don't know their birth parents that really is something because they don't know what they're predisposed to they don't know um, you know not having that information I think that that's Invaluable. I think that would be so important because it can really, again, help them, help them more understand who they are or why, you know, they might be experiencing something about what is, what is their makeup. And, and one thing, too, is now is they, um, they've been able to do kind of testing prenatal stuff. Why I'll tell you, you know, if, um, if a child in the womb, you know, has something, if they're down, if there's something wrong, so people have the option you know, if they wanted to terminate, if, if there was something that could be very wrong, with, you know, if there was um, deformities or something. And I think, you know, then people still have to realize, you know, the quality of life um, that they would be able to give that child. Right? So I think, you know, there's, there's science and medical is always changing. And, you know, I think now, probably a year from now, we'll be talking about how some of this stuff is no longer, um, you know, it's obsolete or it's changed and now they have different views or that there's even more information out there. I think that's the, the fascinating and, and just crazy thing of how much, um, how brilliant people are that keep making these new discoveries um, and finding new things to help our health and, you know, change. What about diet, Heather? Because, you know, I mean, being Italian, we, we have, we, pretty much subscribe to what's called that Mediterranean diet. And I, we, I kind of say Mediterranean diet rules, where you have lots of fruits, vegetables, everything fresh, olive oil, you know, these kind of things, red wine. Uh, what does your research say on that? Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing is, um, 
as you know, things come and go, and um, you know, we also see the the unhealthy of it. Of you know, I think, for example, the Atkins diet that was really no vegetables; it was just meat and butter. And, they, and people, though people lost weight, their cholesterol levels just skyrocketed up. Um, so the Mediterranean is kind of getting back into the simple things that, that we know is healthy fats, is having that good balance. Um, Mediterranean diet is, you know, fish, nuts, fruits, uh, veggies, and, and again, certain nuts, it has that good healthy fat. And avocados, the good healthy fat, it's just finding the moderation of things, using olive oil um, instead of butter so that you don't have that such Use me, that saturated fat, um, you know, having monounsaturated fat and, and polyunsaturated fat. There's good fats, and again, good fats can be bad fats if you have too much of it. It's really just, you know, eating healthy and in moderation and, you know, balancing it out. You know, as we know that people, you know, when they don't eat things all the time, often we get those sugar cravings and we binge out or, or oftentimes, you know, we're, we're emotional eaters, certain things. Um, you know, comfort foods, when we're stressed, we want these certain things. So it's, you know, having, um, you know, kind of keeping your, your car, you know, giving your body the car, keeping it, you know, with fuel in it all the time so you're not running on fumes. You're running, you know, with the best octane you can with things. So just help. Well, this was really fabulous. Of course, we're out of time. So I want you to just wrap it up and give us your final analysis of these incredible uh, medical revelations and groundbreaking yeah, well, most studies. definitely, you know, with all things, um, as we know, just in general, of healthy, uh, you know, healthy natural vegetables are always going to be better than canned. And there's been new stuff about canned stuff. Um, also, reading your labels, talking with your doctors, you know, everything that we have out here. The internet is an amazing, wonderful thing, but oftentimes um, there's always conflicting information, and a lot of times we self-diagnose. So if you're ever concerned with anything, just talk with your doctor or your provider. For more well, information great. about everything with our show, go to BeTheStarYouAre.com as well as BeTheStarYouAre.org. Well, I love it, Heather. So thank you uh, so much for this information. And everyone out there, just remember to, you know, get up and move about because sitting is like the new smoking ban. I mean, you're going to really lower your lifespan if you just sit or be a couch potato. And watch your diet. Get, get information about your genetics. And, you know, understand your workouts and rethink testosterone. Fewer um, PSA tests for men. And basically just keep abreast of everything that is new. Because as Heather said, this it is constantly changing. Every day there are new scientific developments. And all of these can help us be a healthier, happier person. So you are listening to Star Style, Be The Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And when we come back, we're going to talk about isolation and loneliness and how you can avoid it and make your life happier. So don't go away. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. 
Visit bethestaryouare.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. bethestaryouare.org Be the lucky star Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are. You are. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, before we talk about isolation and loneliness here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, I just wanted to announce if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area, make sure to visit the San Francisco Home and Garden Show Thursday through Sunday this week in San Mateo if you really want to get out and get some enjoyment and learn, you know, learn about things that are organic and heirloom and how to do drought gardening. I was hosted last night as a garden writer. The exhibits are wonderful. It's under new ownership and they're doing a, uh, just a fabulous job. So you can visit sfgardenshow.com for directions, info and more and it really will be fun for the whole family. And they do have a whole pavilion of vendors with all kinds of wonderful things from, you know, garden art to uh, pots and plants and kind of anything for the garden. Well, isolation and loneliness, they are deadly companions. And the lack of social interaction is a, a predictor of death. And that's probably something that we tend not to think about. It's a powerful statement to think that isolation might be debilitating and contributing to mortality. Research done in the past few years at the University of California at San Francisco and at the University College in London revealed that the lack of social contact, which is called isolation, is the predictor for early death. Now, there is Dr. Dr. Carla Pezzanotto. She's one of the authors of the study that was done in 2012 at UCSF said that one of the surprising findings of the team was that loneliness doesn't necessarily correlate with living alone. Research revealed that 43% of the adults surveyed felt lonely, but only 18% of those people lived alone. So that means that you can be living with somebody, you can be married, you can be in a family situation and still feel lonely. So it's really important to differentiate between loneliness and being alone. Now, many people who are over 70 and live alone 
And they may be just great. They may say, I love my life. I actually enjoy my own company. And if that's their belief and they choose that solo lifestyle or at any age um, by that matter, it doesn't matter that you're about your health because you're not going to compromise it because you have a sense of well-being. A sense of well-being is what's critical. However, when the ability to leave your home is compromised for any reason or for a health issue, then you start to isolate yourself and your family members, and then that's when the problem needs to be remedied. You don't want to become an agoraphobic where you can never leave your home. The British study from London found that having no social contact increase the risk of dying regardless of a person's health and other factors while loneliness increased the risk of dying only among those that had health issues. So they further explained that those isolated had no one to urge them to eat well or to take their prescribed medications and then if there was a crisis there was nobody to step in you know, and to intervene. So loneliness can be felt in people who are fully functional, but they feel empty and they feel desolate. People who identified themselves as lonely had an adjusted risk ratio for decline, and that was 59% greater than those who did not experience loneliness. That is really huge. So what can one do to prevent isolation and loneliness? You know, the simple answer is to stay engaged, you know, in in everything you do in life, like Heather was talking about in Health Matters, how if you know that you have a, um, if you have something in your life that may cause a disease, you can be proactive. Well, the same thing is if you're lonely. The engagement will vary for each person, but as we get older, we need to stay with people and communicate more. So here are seven ways that you can prevent isolation and loneliness. Number one is consider values and your sense of purpose. You know, this is like, why am I here? Ask yourself, what gives my life meaning? If you played a musical instrument but you don't own any longer, start going to concerts or pick up that guitar. If you like to travel, sign up for a trip, maybe something that's already planned. Um, Or, you know, go to a community center and join a class. Volunteer. Now, I know this better than many people because I'm the founder of Be The Star You Are Charity. And although people always laugh when you, you know, laugh at me that I can be 15 years volunteering as this executive director and not getting paid, there's something about when you help others, you help yourself. Access transportation. If for any reason you don't have your license or you can't drive, whatever that is, you want to look for local shuttles to get you to places. So you want to get information on what would be the public transportation. Adopt a pet. You're going to have someone to talk to in the middle of the night or a good excuse for a walk or just somebody that really loves you regardless. I mean, as you know, right now, I have rescued a baby squirrel. It went from being a pinky that had no hair, was completely pink, and I was sure it was going to die. We're now on day 14, and it's holding its own bottle. It's furry. It has its tail, and its eyes open. And I adore this little guy, and, of course, I will release him when he's old enough to take care of himself since his mom is dead. You want to make sure to get your exams, whether it's ears and eyes or just your physical exams, because when you have sensory losses, then you don't like being around crowds because you don't, maybe you can't see them, you can't hear them, you can't experience them as well. 
consult with your doctor. If you have any medical issues, which might be a reason for isolation, you want to seek professional help. Things that we think can't be fixed often are really easy. There might be a therapy, a treatment, or something that you can do to change, and an expert can be your coach or your guide. And communicate your needs. You know, sometimes you just need to ask for what you need, and it's so hard for us. I know I'm one of these people. It's hard for me to ask for help. Having grown up on a farm and having learned to be very, very independent and that we had to depend on ourselves, I still do that. And so I have to push myself to ask for help when I need it. And it's amazing when I ask. It's like, you know, the, the oyster opens. And for, the, for those of you who need, you know, want some, just some entertainment, remember that there is, there are plays, there are educational classes, there are health-focused opportunities, all of these for social engagement That is the primary purpose of, you know, a village. It is to support you to live healthy. We want you to live in your own homes, in your own communities, apartments, whatever it is. But humans are social creatures, and we need to nurture ourselves, and we need to be pushed sometimes to stay connected. Sometimes technology in this day and age disconnects us because we're not getting any face-to-face. We're just doing it all online. So reach out to others. And if you feel isolated, you know, reach out to others. Know your neighbors. Be part of your community. It's going to lengthen your life. And if you need resources for any of these suggestions or you need to speak with a a professional manager, make sure to look for those uh, resources either online or with your doctor. And you want to be able to trust whoever it is that is going to be your guide. So when we come back from break, we will be talking about finances. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I'm Cynthia Bryan, and this is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Stay with me. I will be back. Star you are, the star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to embrace change? What do you do when you're asked to lead a change for something you personally are resistant to? You know, changes come from external sources like new regulations, new competitors, new board of directors. But you have to consider a few things. First of all, make sure you understand the change. Ask questions to get the full picture of the situation. And always ask with an open mind. Get the why. Yes, you must understand the what's and the how's of the changes. But the why is what matters most. Find the benefits. How are you going to benefit? How is your team going to benefit? Once you really see the benefits, then you'll be able to change your viewpoint. And remember the power of the converted. Often the most powerful champions of a change is someone who was opposed to it. As your perspective changes, remember how you felt initially because that is how if you're managing a team, they may feel too. Your new perspective is even more powerful and persuasive because of the steps you have taken to that acceptance. Put your concerns in perspective. Don't assume anything. You always have to know where you are and then let it go. Change normally is a step forward and it will move you on 
with or without you. So get support and understand it. When you take those steps, you're going to be less resistant. You're going to be more able to lead the change. And because you've done this exercise for yourself, you'll be in a better position to help others gain acceptance and support any change too. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passion into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information or to get coaching, call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a life that shines. The most valuable thing in a long-term, stable relationship is having a partnership, and most new couples don't realize that money is a major factor in happiness. Money is one of the biggest generators of problems, arguments, and resentment in any long-term relationship because couples argue about spending, about saving, and about the disparity in earnings. I know that my husband and I have for all these years, and we're still working it out. But when couples have difficulty with money, it can lead to what's called financial infidelity, out-of-control spending, lying, hiding finances, and that can truly destroy the relationship. So you want to overcome money problems together and work as a team team, which will strengthen the bond between you and help you create a healthy, lasting partnership. Because money does not have to be a wedge between you and your partner. It can be a great tool for learning more about one another and then using money matters as a discussion point to help your relationship grow and thrive. It can also create misery or it can create happiness. Depends on how you manage it. And of course, that's always a choice and it's up to you. So making long-term plans, helping reach goals, and improving your quality of life, those are just some of the things that you'll be able to accomplish when you work together with your partner. But men and women's brains actually work differently, and they have different influences, and therefore the language processing and reasoning are organized differently. Cultural anthropologists theorize that it's because of the different survival skills that uh, both men and women had to learn to survive. And research shows that women are good multitaskers, they're good at cooperation, and they're very good at relationship building. And they're less focused on reaching a specific goal. In fact, I've just read a couple of studies that show that when there's an argument between a man and a woman, the result of the relationship whether it survives and thrives or diminishes and, you know, deceases, <laughs> is 
is largely the case of the woman and how she handles the problem. 59%. Whether the man handles it well isn't always as important. It's really how the women does. So that's kind of interesting. When men get into financial trouble, it's often through gambling, like cards, the stock market, fantasy football, you know, all those kind of things that they, uh, that they do. And when women get into trouble, of course, we probably already know. It's just one too many shoes. It's shopping. You know, it, it is our household items and it's things for the kids. Um, sometimes drug problems, especially for women, they often begin with prescription medication. And both genders can get into trouble, you know, trying to help siblings or trying to help other family members who are out of control. So... The following guidelines can really help bridge the money gap. First of all, you have to talk. Money talks need to be part of a scheduled meeting and preferably weekly. And not just for money, but, you know, for catching up with one another. There are always going to be bills. There's social planning. There's long-term goals. And we have to work on our relationships. Those are just few of the issues. So if you can at least schedule once a week to sit down and talk about what happened, bring your checkbooks up to date. It can be really good management tool. And this is really good for, um, for helping you buy a house or pay off a college loan or to take stock of your finances and to ask each other what really needs improvement. And if you do it with the right attitude, this meeting is something you look forward to, and it's not an ordeal that you dread. And then you might discover that you have a little extra. You can go out to dinner or have that little date or whatever it is. If you endeavor to share the time and energy in a mutually beneficial way, it can become a social occasion, and you can make it a pleasant occasion. And, you know, you can just wait till the kids are asleep, or you can have a, a brunch on a Sunday but use specific guidelines. First of all, share your different attitudes. Talk about how your families dealt with money and what you liked and what you didn't like about their style. Share their observations and how various friends handle their money and what you think of that. And then make the discussion more personal by talking about how you feel about it, how spending, saving, and your future dreams. You know, in my personal life, both my husband and I were raised very, very differently. I grew up on a farm. He grew up in the city. Uh, we didn't have any money. His family had a little bit more. But we always thought we were rich. They always felt they were poor. <laughs> it's very interesting how, how, you know, it, it, how we both looked at things. So I've always looked at things with my glass half full, whereas he's looked at things with it half empty. And so we have to work on, on those things, you know, the, getting the optimist and the pessimist to become the realist. So you want to discover, uh, discuss your long-term joint financial goals, whether that be like a new car, or a baby, travel, a house, repairs, whatever, retirement. And then that should lead you to a further discussion of long-term with specific steps that you can follow. Steps should include saving or raising money to realize your goals and a plan to think how you can get there. Kind of like, you know, when you build a plan for your business, a business plan, you have a plan for your family life. And then you want to put your plan to work. Once you have the steps outlined, you can break it down into small increments so that you can take a step every week. You know, by the inch, it's a cinch, but it's really hard when it's by the mile. I am a firm believer in establishing separate checking accounts or personal spending budgets as part of your plan. 
And that way you can agree on what is okay to spend. Because it's even when you're in a relationship, if one person far their salary far exceeds the other person, it's still not fair to come home and say, Well, I make the money and so you can't spend it. Because you're both be contributing to the stability of the relationship in other ways. So you have to, you know, stop fighting about who is making more. And especially when you have kids, somebody's going to have to take care of them, and that usually means giving up some of the salaries. Discuss how the plan is going to work, um, and do this, if possible, weekly. You want to keep each other informed, and that's a good time. I know that for me, I don't really have time to talk about it every single week, but especially a couple of times in the month, because there's bills that always need to be paid. There's always changes in, in um, you know, repairs. Or in my case, or both my husband and I were both independent contractors. So there's a change in income and expenses. And we have to accommodate for those changes. So we don't have any monthly salaries that we can just say that we make X amount and we can pay it. You are always struggling to make sure that the bills get paid. But you have to keep talking no matter how well or how poorly your finances are going at any given time. Because the more frequently you discuss your finances, the less difficult the discussions will be and the more likely you're going to make some good choices. And here are five steps to build up your savings in case you're looking to make a home down payment uh, because it's very important that um, that you do save. So uh, many people, especially right now in this marketplace, they want to be a first-time home buyer. But the big challenge is saving up enough money for that down payment. But the financial experts will tell you you need to take very aggressive steps to cut your spending add your income, and to do both. Here's how you can proceed. So number one, you set a goal and a timeline. You find out the price range of the type of home you want in the area you like. And you can't stress enough the importance for location. Just, you know, those three words, location, location, location. It is so true. You could buy a beautiful home in a horrible location, and it probably will devalue, whereas you can buy a fixer-upper in a great location, and it may, it'll just go up as you are fixing it up. So really consider stretching and get the location. So uh, you want to talk to mortgage professionals then if, to get an idea of how much down payment you need, and it's always probably smart to consider the 20% of the purchase price. Don't fall for all these scams of no money down. That's what got us into trouble back in 2008, and there's still a lot of people out there trying to do it. Set a timeline and figure your monthly savings goal. For example, if you need to save $20,000 for two years, you're going to have to put away about $835 every month for two years. Second, open a separate down payment savings account. And this will keep the money separate and it makes it easy to track your progress. The experts say that when you're saving for a short-term goal, you put the money in a low-risk investment like a savings account or a CD, shop around for the best interest rates, and make sure that the money will definitely be available when you need it. Third, take small steps to big savings. So put together a budget based on what you're spending and then look at the following to make the cuts. You don't need the new clothes, right? You don't need the impulse purchases. You don't need those daily costs like the specialty coffee or the hamburger or the magazine subscriptions. Can you reduce some of your car uh, costs by carpooling? Always ask before spending, do I really need this or do I just want it? 
And then shop in physical stores, not online, and use cash and not credit card. A lot of times online, you're going to find that not only do you have shipping charges, but if you receive something and you don't like it, you have to pay the shipping to get it back. So that's not good. And how about all those gym memberships? You can make some of the cuts there. And the entertainment, maybe you just want to choose one or two. Take some big steps to bigger savings. If you can handle some lifestyle changes, here are a few options you might think about. You might, you know, want to share housing with some other family members for a short period of time. If you have the space and you're alone, you might want to take in a roommate. Maybe you want to move to a smaller apartment or a smaller place where the rent can be substantially lower so you can save some of that money for a down payment. And you could add income by working overtime, if possible, if, you're, uh, if your job allows it. Or take another part-time job. Or do something, even, do something even from home where you can make a little extra money. And, of course, you could um, sell your car, trade down to a lower-cost vehicle. Or just take public transportation. And, of course, always look for, no matter what your age, you want to be putting away into a retirement account, whether it's a 401K or that IRA, because you, you get older faster than you think. And with all, with all tax matters, check first with a tax professional. And a couple of other uh, financial things, you know, a financial calendar. You might want to think about creating a, a month-by-month guide for staying on top of your finances I know January and February is gone, but in March, maybe check your credit. Go to the credit bureaus. You're allowed one free credit report per year and maybe space them out for every three years. I mean, every three months for the three credit bureaus. In April, um, you know, maybe you're going to look at before the April 1st deadline. Make sure that you contribute to your IRA. Make sure you file your income tax by April 15th. And any educational accounts by April 15th. In May, create or update an inventory of your home and personal property or create a review of financial disaster uh, plan. In June, perform a mid-year review of what you've done so far because you're halfway through the year. In July, get another credit report. And then keep learning. You know, take an online class, go to a financial institution, something like that. In, in August, you know, getting ready for school because if you're going back to school or your kids are going to school, you want to plan on their behalf. In September, create or review your estate plan. If you own anything, you need to have a will. So you want to, you want to do that. October, you can get a head start on your year in tax planning by running a projection of your current year tax liability. You can establish a simple IRA, you know, if you're a small business. Um, tax extensions are October 15th, uh, and that's, um, that's if you haven't already filed on um, April 15th. November, make sure to start thinking about giving to charity. Consider Be The Star You Are. Go to bethestarur.org. Of course, you can give to Be The Star You Are at any time. We would appreciate it. And then again in November, get another free financial credit report. And then December, you should do a whole portfolio checkup. You know, use checkup tools and go through everything. And you want to get rid of your losses. And then 
um, again, just do a complete review and have a conversation with your spouse. So I hope that this financial lesson has been helpful for, for you because we want your health and your happiness to be the utmost and to be the best that it possibly can be. In other words, we want you to be the stars you were born to be. You already are stars. And as J.K. Rowling said, you have all the magic inside you. So that is it for this week. I thank you so much for being great listeners and allowing me into your life every week. We want you always to be tuned in here to the Voice America Network and to Star Sale Be the Star You Are every Wednesday, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. That's 7 to, uh, was that 7? Yes, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on Star Style Be the Star You Are. And Heather and I will be your personal growth success coaches, and we will bring you the authors and experts. For more information about Star Style Productions, visit star-style.com. To make a donation or get information about the charity Be the Star You Are, visit bethestarur.org or btsya.org. And until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, smiles keep us happy. I am Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We thank you for your generosity of listening. Shoot for the stars and make it a great week. Until next week, shine. Be the star you are. The star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.